Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our long-awaited fourth deleted scenes episode of the show where we talk about anthology films, which are uh, all the films that don't have an episode title to it. Uh, So we're talking about Solo today, as well as Star Wars The Clone Wars. Now, uh, the reason why we're skipping Rogue One is because there is absolutely no deleted scene content made available to us. So... uh, that leaves us with two theatrical releases uh, out of three, which is close enough. So, <laughs> that being said, let's uh, join Blake in the Escape Pod, your co-host of the show, and we'll get into it. landing. I love this teaser trailer music from the first solo teaser. It's good, right? Doesn't even seem like Star Wars. It's, yeah. It's like this feels like a, maybe the intro to like a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's something. There's something. I don't know. There's something different about it. It kind. It kind of reminds me of the the composition that they did for some of the Clone Wars episodes. Maybe that's why I like it. Right. Uh, the yeah, the, the, okay. the beginning is pretty good. Like 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 this part right here. Well, yeah. So he's turning on the speeder. Yeah, and then the, the, the big guitar, like, strum. Oh, anyway, so good. Uh, welcome back to the show. <laughs> ah, thanks, man. Good yeah. to be here, as always. Good to, good to have you. We're, uh, we're here in the, in the escape pod. Yeah, a little compact room. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite tight in here, isn't if it? If only people knew how true that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we got, uh, we got enough, uh, enough stuff to keep us occupied with these uh, anthology films. I mean, it, it's always been, we, we, we did the prequels, we did uh, the originals, we did the, the sequel trilogy, and, uh, and now we finally have got our long-awaited anthologies, which took us a while to get around to because uh, we had Celebration, we had Kenobi, uh, there was, uh, there was a n- numerous other things that came up and, and it's just been, uh, it's been like a month and a half, I think, since we last talked it's, to yeah. the scenes. So it's been a big gap for yeah, sure. A bit of a gap, but we're back. And, uh, here's the last one of our sub series, which is deleted scenes. And we get to talk about solo today. Did you like solo? I actually really liked solo. That was a lot of fun. I know. Yeah. Uh, it seems like the fan reaction maybe wasn't as well received as some of the other movies, but I, I enjoyed it immensely and I actually wanted to see where it was going to go, tying in Darth Maul and stuff. It was crazy to me how many people didn't realize Darth Maul was alive, even though that had been canon from Clone Wars for years at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a lot of people who didn't see Clone Wars, which were pretty confused at the time. But yeah, I'm glad sure. that I'm glad that made it in. I honestly am because uh, you know, as a big Clone Wars fan, I appreciate all the connections, and I feel like that's what uh, that's what the Marvel fans get. I mean, I'm a Marvel fan of the, the films, that is, and um, I uh, uh, you know I, I appreciate all the little like Easter eggs that they put in here and there, and um, you know it ties it all together and everything. And it's like some people who might not see one of the movies won't get Easter eggs in another movie, but uh, someone who did, you know, it pays off. Right. So like, I kind of like that about star Wars because it is this interconnected universe and you know, this like overarching story. So uh, if it makes sense for a certain character to show up, why not? Right. Um, so yeah. It makes I sense. Like we it. also knew that he was already running uh, as a crime Lord running his own crime syndicate as we saw in clone wars. So it wasn't that big of a leap. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I am curious more or less what happened with the crime syndicates from where we left in Clone Wars with Maul because he took over all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, right before we get into uh, these deleted scenes, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, we're available on a new platform called Snipped, uh, which is an exciting new podcast platform app which you get to share small snips of a podcast with friends or with other people and you can put them on social media and stuff like that so i've been i don't know anyone listening who's been uh, following the twitter instagram you might might see uh, a few highlights from from some episodes in the past that we've done uh, recently uh, and i've just been me uh, me toying around with it but uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool it's a cool platform and anyone should you know check it out as uh, uh it helps help spread the word you know if you share someone a little 30 second clip of star wars escape pod they might actually tune in and subscribe so you know it's a good way to uh, expand on our audience uh, and the second thing is, you and I uh, recently went with a with a group to go see Return of the Jedi in concert. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really exciting. That was uh, th- that was awesome. Wh- what were your thoughts on it? Uh, it was the first time I ever saw a live orchestra. So seeing just how many people and how many instruments that are involved that blew my mind. Yeah, so cool, right? Like, it was like yeah. it was, I think it was bigger than my high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's been uh, it's it's been a, a, a while since I've seen. Uh, such a thing like that i've never seen quite anything like what we saw which was of course star wars you know playing on screen no music to the video but the video plays with the dialogue and then you get a live orchestra playing the music and they did a really good job i mean like they're 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 a symphony orchestra like like any other like like the london symphony orchestra but um but it was uh it was really impressive just how close it was to uh, to the film. And, yeah, and, yeah. You could tell that some of the stranger instruments, mm-hmm. like, uh, they were substituted. Yeah, they were substituted. I know specifically one of the instruments used during like the Ewok theme. It's kind of, I think it was like the do, do, do or whatever. I think they, they used something else for that. It sounded a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say if I had a complaint, it would be that they didn't do Jedi rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jedi Rocks would have been pretty cool. But yeah, that that one they there's just too much of a uh an in-universe thing that that you know, you almost can't recreate it like with, you know, all the obscure instruments and the singing and all that stuff. It's like, okay. Well, so yeah, they, if they, they did how great stop. would that have been? That would have been pretty sweet though. <laughs> yeah, if they were able to do that, you know, ma- major props. Uh but they they did a great job. Any anyone who who has the opportunity to go see Star Wars in concert in their local city. Uh, it's worth it, you know. It was um, cool. 
Yeah. Great, great uh, date idea. Yeah. Take, uh, take your loved one, whoever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Deleted scenes for Solo. Uh, you guys can, uh, listening at home, can access these deleted scenes on Disney Plus in the extras section. Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't have access to Disney Plus or are uh, joining us uh, in the car on the way, you can't actually pull it up right now. Uh, we're going to try and... Uh, Play the audio uh, of the uh, of the clip and then describe what happened as best as possible. Uh, but definitely recommend checking out the deleted scenes on the extras tab of the movie. So if you go to DisneyPlus.com, look up Solo on there, uh, go to the extras tab. It's all listed down there. We're going to go in order from top to bottom, starting with a deleted scene called Coaxium Double Cross. Uh, so let's uh, let's check this out here. So it looks like Hans pulled out the coaxium from the case that they they put it in to, to bring up to Dryden Voss. This is the end of the movie. This is the end of the movie, yeah. Do you have any more of these cases? After they've refined it. This is kind of cool. You get context for Dryden Voss's ship entering the planet, which is kind of neat. Before it's stolen. Yeah, and that's something that we don't get in the theatrical film. Uh, you never get that that clip of Dryden Voss entering in the atmosphere like that, and and uh, it's just he's always just happens to be on these planets whenever right. we meet him, right? Like the first time, classic when, villain. Yeah, yeah, classic villain. He's just always where he needs to be. Like the the train heist when they do the train heist, he just happens to be on that planet as well. Yeah, and they just literally walk there. They walk there, yeah. And now and then on the coaxium world as well. I guess you know. I assume like. We all just assumed he's there just because they said they were going to meet him there. But at least this, actually, you see him arrive. And, you know, and how do you like that scene? I think I like it for that exact reason. I wish they'd almost just kept that section or the shot of the ship coming in. Right. Because uh, it also, well, they panned uh, Han's face as he's like, oh, like, it's time or whatever, right? Like, we're, we're out of time. As for the the first half, where he's kind of joking about the quaxium, I could go either way. It, I'm yeah. different. Uh, I kind of like it. I, I, the reason why I think they may have taken it out is because they wanted it to be all that more of a bit of a shock when it turns out that even though we think Han Solo is going to help them after Kira says that he's going to try and help you, you know, when he parts ways with Dryden Voss, Dryden Voss walks off. Han comes back, you, you know, you know that he's going to give the rebels the coaxium. But then we see him on the ship with Dryden Voss and he pulls out the coaxium and it's like, oh, hey, like he's actually got it there. Like what mm -hmm. happened, right? Like at least at least this this kind of spoils the surprise that's actually real. Because like, you know, from a small perspective, I think one could like, you know, based on how Dryden Voss sees it, it like could be maybe a fake or something. Right. I you mean, think it ruins the double fake. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was never that convinced that it was a fake though because like with the time and limited resources they have in the middle of nowhere like there's no way they could have come up with something that look that real like right. um, desert planets they don't have ocean water yeah them. yeah so tap water in. for me it's like you know what i i guess here we get context to say yeah he is putting it in the boxes that he's told to take it out of but um i think what i like most about it is the the, the entering in of dryden voss into the atmosphere so yeah. this is a thumbs up for me i kind of wish that this was in the movie mm, agreed 
all right, the next one is called Corellian Foot Chase. And uh, this one is closer to the beginning of the movie when Kira and Han try to make their uh, desperate escape. Uh, so desperate measures throw their pursuers off track. Let's take a listen to this one. All right, so Kira and Solo running through the streets of Corellia, pursued by the angry dog on a leash. <laughs> I've got this guy in Lego. And they try to hide in a... Barrel full of eels. Bar yeah, barrel full of eels. That's gross. You got a better idea? Please have a better idea. Oh, pickle barrel. Pickles are swimming. <laughs> They're peeping through the peeping through the gap in the barrel, seeing the pursuers walk by. These dogs. Oh, translating. The stench is throwing them off. Them off. Oh. Yeah, they, they're leaving the barrels. Just grabbed an eel out of his pants. There, there we go. Um, uh, that's that's pretty cool. That's really finished too. There's nothing incomplete about that. No incomplete VFX or anything like that. That was a that must have been a really last minute cut. Or because I midway through watching this, recall that they switched directors. That's true. So a lot of these outtakes and possibly even more that we didn't get are from the original cut. That's right. Yeah, uh, great point. Um, how do you like this? This foot chase. I wonder if it makes Han seem a little too cheesy. I'm I'm just kind of like so for me I'm trying to think like how it fits into the film because you're right like they did change directors so the overall thing could have changed completely mm -hmm. and I'm trying to I'm trying to picture how this fits in between when they run out of Lady Proxima's cave mm -hmm. and Jack the Speeder yeah and then they're in the car chase and, and they're chased they're, by that guy with his dogs yeah and then they cut through the uh, the vertical slit in the wall, right? Like yeah. Two buildings, and they, they run out of room at the end. So this would probably take place right after that. So it'd be a foot mm, chase. Gotcha. So I think instead yeah. they just had them get away, right? I guess, yeah. I, well, they, they make it to the... Uh, um, I guess they make it to the spaceport or whatever they're, they're yeah. going to. Yeah, so, so there's, this is basically one, one extra chase that happens... After the car chase, but before they get to the uh, Imperial dock point. Right. Interesting. Uh, so just that alone lets you know it's, it is pretty unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, as much as I like it, I don't think it needs to be in the movie. Mm. Um, so it, I think I'm it was a, there for the gag. Yeah, it's there the for the gag of the eel. Uh, you do get some more kind of close in contact Kira plus Han time. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, the uh, dogs are cool. I'll say that. 
Yeah, the dog is pretty cool. You get a nice close-up shot of the dog. Honestly, if, if the movie had time to put this in, I don't think I would have a problem with it. But yeah. the gag isn't that cheesy that I could go without it. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on this one. I don't really care. Yeah. Agreed. All right. <laughs> Next one. Uh, Han Solo, Imperial Cadet. Accused of insubordination, Han must face an Imperial Navy Tribunal. Um, this is really interesting because... The solo movie flashes forward in time quite a bit, and um, there's a, there's a lot that we don't see while his time is uh, in the Imperial Academy. And there was a comic book that came out called Han Solo Imperial Cadet, which kind of gave us a chapter um, at uh, uh, telling a story of, of Solo when he was an Imperial Cadet. Uh, but the movie, of course, skips all that time and just jumps to Mim Ban, where he's kind of a grunge, you know, like just mud trooper kind of thing. And uh, he ends up finally taking off with Beckett's crew. But there's a whole lot of time between that and when he escapes Corellia. There's, you know, a bunch of time because mm -hmm. because that's when he gets known as the Imperial Cadet that he, he's known for. The, well, in the expanded universe, there was a big story about how he's yeah. a defector, right? This was so. probably my biggest flaw. The thing that I was disappointed in the movie is they skipped over the entire section of, of Solo's backstory of him being an Imperial pilot. <laughs> they, like I said, they skipped to where he's already been punished and he is forced to be a foot soldier. Yeah, yeah. So this is the, um, the event that gets him to that point. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's take a look at this scene. So there's a TIE fighter that has its wing busted. Oh, it's Han. Yeah, I know we lost the reverse thrusters. Thank you. Not ejecting. I can make it back to the docking bay. That's Han flying a busted TIE fighter. can't decide if you're brave or stupid. Well, I'd like to think I'm a little of both, sir. Uh, Moth. Sir, sir Moth? It's Commodore. And if you think smart-ass is the way to go here, you're sorely mistaken. Commodore. Fellow Imperials, if you'll allow me. Onyx 2. Onyx 2 was flanked by headhunters. If I'd followed command's directive and returned to formation instead of going after him, he'd be dead now. No place for maverick heroics in his Emperor's Navy. I'm not trying to be a hero, Commodore. Trust me, I... Well, congratulations. You're not one. This tribunal, me in particular, finds you guilty of disobeying a direct order, and you are hereby reassigned to the infantry. Report for immediate transfer to Mimban. Well... <laughs> I thought that was going to be way worse. Uh, and roughly, when do you think I'll be able to fly again, Commodore? Oh, we'll have you flying in no time. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so the the the, the tie-in, what it, what it cut to just there was just him on Memban that. You know, explosion goes off, he flies through the air and hits the ground. And it's actually one of the shots that we do see in the movie when he rips his mask off. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this one? 
I really think it should have been the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything that explains his time more in the Imperial um, in the Imperial Academy, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, is like I, I'm all for it. Specifically with flight training, I, I think in fact there should have been even more. I yeah. think it should have opened more with him already like being a pilot or being on like something, some sort of Tie mm-hmm. Fighter mission or something, and have that. Him and maybe like some fellow uh, Thai pilots or something, right? And then that lead into this, which leads into what, what we got. Right. That certainly could have sped along the pace of the movie quite a bit. It would have totally uh, removed Kira, though, from the story. So I don't know how that would have worked out. But uh, Well, I'm thinking that this is still post-Kira. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I mean, like, I wish this was in the movie. I wish this was in the movie. I, I wish any anything like this was was in the movie. But the movie's already. So, it's so weird to me that we got a solo prequel movie where we never see him be an Imperial pilot. Yeah, yeah. That 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 certainly is. It, like we we don't see him ever be a pilot, but we see him be like a mud trooper, which is kind of it's bizarre. It is bizarre because because we know him in the expanded universe. There's a, such a big part of his character is that he's a pilot. Exactly, and he knows right. all the uh, Imperial like. The ins and outs, codes, right? But yeah, like yeah. How, how they go about, yeah. You know, what they're that's what makes him such a good smuggler. Country. Yeah, he knows what to expect. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of wish this was in. I, I wish there was uh, not just this, but more. I wish there was more of it. I really enjoyed the Imperial Cadet comic book. So, if if you're if you're looking for like a good uh, Star Wars story, which kind of d- you know tells a story of Solo in the Imperial Academy, it's all about that. Okay. Uh, fits into the movie like it just slots right in the solo movie really nicely in that whole gap between Corellia and Mimban. So uh, definitely the, that storyline for that though. Do you feel like any of that should have been in this movie more? Connected? No, they they definitely tried to make it its own thing. Um, and one of the characters who is part of the the group of his cadets uh, ends up uh, getting badly injured in an accident, and he ends up becoming that Terminator-esque bounty hunter that we've seen in the more recent Star Wars bounty hunter comics. He's got the whole, you know, T-800, you know, T-1000 look, you know, with the robot eye and the cyborg arm and all that stuff. Yeah, so he was an Imperial Cadet as well in the the Academy with Solo, and he was kind of a bully until Solo, like, saved his life at one point, and, you know, he barely makes it through, and uh, the Empire decides to discard this guy because he's no longer, like, you know he's a cyborg now, so they they mm-hmm. kind of look down on his uh, half humanery and get rid of him, sort of thing. Even after experimenting on him or whatever, there, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in there. So I don't think it quite would have fit in the solo movie directly, but I think a lot of the content that featured solo in there would have been cool to see adapted in a way. Um, just any anything more that described his backstory as a pilot, mm-hmm. which is why he's such a good pilot. You know, it, it's not like we, it's not like the, all the st- sequences on Corellia gave us reason for him to be as good as a pilot as he is, right? No, it, that showed him being... It's a good I street a racer. Better, yeah, more, yeah, more of the smuggler type, right? Yeah, more of the smuggler type, for grew sure. Up in, on the streets trying to, trying to survive. Yeah. But we didn't get any pilot stuff out of that, other than his dad built Corellian ships. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so I mean, like, why is he such a good pilot? Uh, like, we still don't have really any context for that and even this clip even though it's kind of a nice little insider to him as his time as an imperial pilot in the academy he's still not like it's not like he's excelling or anything like that this whole clip is like him kind of 
being a bit of a buffoon. Like he, you know, he crashes a TIE fighter in the simulator and, uh, and they're kind of scolding him for it and kind of, uh, assign him as, as that mud trooper guy on, on Mimpan instead. Right. So yeah, this is one of those times where I really like the EU better. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it makes him less of a competent person almost. And he does come up with a fairly good excuse to explain his actions, but it's almost like, it's like, ah, like what do you, would the, like, would the Han Solo we know really need to do that? Like, I feel like the Han Solo we know from the original trilogy would just work out, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure of the clip as well, but I do like the idea that he features more time in the Academy. So At least wearing a TIE pilot out. Yeah. Uniform. So, for the movie as to what it is, I'll say thumbs up for me. Just, it's so short, like, yeah, might but, as well. Like I said, it's the right direction, but it's not far enough. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could have been redone a little bit and changed, but I, I I appreciate the effort that they made to explain his time in the academy. And that does make me wonder again what the original film had. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, well, certainly what it looks like. Maybe a lot more goofiness to it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's take a look at the next one. Uh, Proxima's den journey deeper into their lair of Lady Proxima as Han plots his escape with Kira. So this is at the very beginning of the movie. All right, this Han in Proxima's dark blue cavern, sneaking around. Han, I could have cut you. Listen, we gotta go now. What are you talking about? What happened to the drop? It's gonna go great. When Mother here, she's gonna be mad. How mad? Not enough. I can't be here when she does. I have to leave tonight, or else I'm dead tomorrow. But listen, I'm not going anywhere without you. They would come after us. Yeah, we gotta leave Corellia. You said yourself, someday we're going to get out of here, right? It's today. Want to go for a ride? I said someday, not today. Gotta be today. Ow. Look who I found. Oh, okay. Good to see you. Just got back. I was on my way to see her right now. Well, I'll make sure you don't get lost in the way. So it's the same guy that was chasing them in the car chase. Yeah. Oh, so this is when they enter the uh, the pool that Lady Proxima thrives in, I guess. That's, a, that's kind of a nice transition, but I feel like it, the movie works without it. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say anything was missing. No, nothing. nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say thumbs down just for the sake it didn't need to be in the movie. At some point, we're going to have to disagree on one of these outtakes. <laughs> yeah, go go free. Feel free. Feel free to disagree. I mean, uh, if you feel like it should have been in. No, I'm agreeing. I, I do agree with you that this was unnecessary. It's, I feel like it was dragging on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The movie's already, uh, it's worth noting, the movie's already two hours and 16 minutes. And um, I, I read an article recently that, uh, I mean, Taika Waititi is a, is a fantastic director who did the most recent Thor 3 and 4. And he was told by Marvel, it cannot be over two hours. Oh, so really? the movie is squared down to an hour and 59 minutes. Nice. And, uh, yeah. and it was packed. Like it was a, it, it was, was a very packed movie. Yeah. yeah. And the, the opening was, oh my goodness. It was so funny. I, I was like crying laughing, but uh, it was, it was a great movie, but I was like, man, like I, you know, I honestly, I, I can sit there for three hours and watch a movie. Like, I don't know why uh, some people tend to complain about this because um, Avatar is going to be three hours. 
you know, pe- people sit at home and watch like six hours of TV and it's like, okay, w- what's wrong with a three hour movie? Comfort of your couch, I guess. I guess so. I don't know. I'm 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 happy in the movie theater, but well, you go to VIP though, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> you can uh, recline. That's true. Yeah, the heated the, seats. That's the way to do it. It's the experience. You know, it's not just the big screen. The it's servers. everything. It's everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I uh, I'm I'm happy with with um, the way most of what Solo turned out. But yeah, I mean, any any small sequence that doesn't need to be in a movie. Uh, I guess a lot of, again, the director change, it might have something to do with that, but uh, sometimes the producers will just say, hey, like, this doesn't need to be here. Like, let's just try and keep the movie a bit shorter because it means that they can show more showings per day. And it's like, and if a movie can be cut down by just a fraction, you know, of what it is, they might be able to squeeze in one more showing into a movie theater. I didn't think about that being the reason. That's one of the reasons, but yeah. That makes sense as much as I don't like that being a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the reasons that I think uh, uh, keeps some of these movies at uh, even two hours. It um, also would help explain why a lot of movies feel like they, they're they cut to be really rushed. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I dislike that a lot. Like I do I, too. I just watched uh, the new Top Gun the other day. And it felt so well paced. Oh, so good. I loved that movie. <laughs> that movie's like, honestly, it's got to be the movie of the year. Uh, yeah, I agree, yeah. man. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's just such a well-paced story. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure Avatar is going to feel natural as well. Endgame was a long movie. That was like almost three hours. And when I watch it, I don't, I'm not struggling. Like, I, it, it's a good, it's a well-paced story. It, It's not boring. You know, it keeps me interested through the whole three hours. Like, I'm fine. You know, let me just like pause it halfway to go pee or something. But I mean, you know, that's... Uh, uh, if it's a good story, it serves the purpose of the time, you know, we're good, right? Um, all right, here, here's the next one. Snowball fight. Uh, as Beckett, Chewie, and Han trek across Vandor's vast snow-covered expanse, Chewie gets an inspiration, okay? Uh, this is one of those goofy things that we were talking about, so let's, let's take a look at this. Snowball fight. All right, so this is after the train heist when they start walking towards Dryden Voss's ship. And Chewie throws a snowball at Han. <laughs> Han picks up a snowball, throws it at Chewie. <laughs> and it continues. It's like a fan film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just wrestling on the ground, throwing snow. Hey! <laughs> I love Chewie doing this. Beckett's just watching the whole thing. I'm like eight-year-old kids. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one locked camera. <laughs> 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 okay, I kind of like that, actually. You know, it's not that weird, but... I'm glad it's not in the movie, but I think it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, it's yeah. It's just... It, it would feel really out of place in the movie. It would. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's like, a good blooper uh, shot, though. For the sake of the movie, I'm going to say thumbs down, but I really like it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where... You would turn to someone you've been you know, chatting Star Wars. Like, did you ever see the the outtake where Han and Chewie have a snowball fight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Wait, what? Like, <laughs> did you ever see the one where uh, yeah they have a snowball fight and then Chewie tackles Han into the snow and, and they like around. rolling around together <laughs> yeah. and then and then Han blasts one in, in the face like it would uh, would and Chewie oh and then he, like oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, the the next three that we're gonna. Oh no. Here's here's another one. The Battle of Mimban. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, this is it. Okay, so these are extended scenes. So there's three of them here. One of them is Battle of Mimban, uh, Han versus Chewie, and Meet Dryden. So a lot of what we're going to hear and see is already in the movie. It's just that uh, there's small scenes that uh, maybe towards the tail end or the beginning or maybe even middle way through that have been chopped out of the final film that in this version we're going to actually see the full thing play out. So extended edition. Yeah, so the extended edition of a sequence. Um uh, so this one is uh, on Mimban when, when Han uh, is uh, in the mud. Uh, and in the midst of a raging firefight, Han and Beckett come to the aid of a wounded comrade. So let's take a look at this one. This is when he meets, when he meets Beckett, I guess. Let's go! All right, they charge over the hill. This is all in the movie still. That's where it cut. Normally. The overhead shot. But in this version, it just keeps going. It's a whole added fight. Yeah, it's a whole added to the fight sequence, yeah. Rio, you gotta get to that cannon. I'm on it. Oh, those are cool in the background there. You got some walkers. It's kind of hard to describe what's going on. It's just a big battle sequence. So Han and Beckett just saved the life of some Imperial cadet guy. Oh, it's not just anyone. It must have been someone... Must have been part of Beckett's crew. Mm, looks like it. Oh, that's why they have an opening. For yeah. That's actually really good. I, I wish that was all in the movie. I mean, it kind of explains why Val is so open to hiring Chewie and, and Han onto the crew because they they lost they a guy. Someone, yeah, right. Because right. at this point they're all in disguise, so they all look like Imperials, right? Yeah. And uh, and then one of them goes down, and and uh, um, it also explains why they bother to rescue him because Imperials yeah. wouldn't do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, they wouldn't do that at all. So. Um, you know, I think Han's already starting to suspect there's something different about these guys, which adds right. it adds into his decision later when he confronts them about it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's certainly a better better context, I think, to what's going on in the film. So I'm I'm a huge thumbs up on this one. Because instead, what we get is the battle starts and then it just cuts to when it's over. Yeah, they jump over the edge like within that first like 15 seconds of that sequence. Um, it it eventually kind of fades off to something else or, or, or whatever um, uh, until after the battle, like the aftermath mm -hmm. when they're walking around and, you know, Han's following Beckett through the trenches there, uh, which like they basically just right. ch chunk, uh, took that whole chunk uh, that fighting. we just, what yeah. we just saw 
And uh, where it ends at the very end here, that would have been a natural transition for when Beckett walks off and Han starts to follow him. Right? Yeah. Okay. So they literally just took a huge chunk of it and just removed it from the movie and just added in like a fade transition. It's definitely better with this with the sequence. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, I think we're both thumbs it, up for that then. Yeah, that it really makes you it makes it feel a lot more like a war movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Maybe sure. Maybe that's why they cut it though. Maybe it was a rating thing. May, may, I, I again, I think it just comes down to length. Mm-hmm. I think it just comes down to length because, um, as we know, Last Jedi is still um, is the longest Star Wars movie ever, and and that one's two hours and thirty six minutes or something like that. Right. This one's not that far off. I, I guess they just really didn't want to make it that long of a movie, right? Because uh, at this point, Last it's Jedi had already come out, and yeah. it was already like getting all the reviews and the critics and everything. Maybe people were saying, "Ah, oh, it's too long. It's too long," mm-hmm. right? So, uh, but yeah, right. this, this feels like it's very like grounded in, in, uh, what we like about solo, the film. And, and I kind of wish this was in here. So agreed. And in fairness, uh, comparatively with last Jedi, I feel like that feels long because if the way the film goes, it towards the end, it feels like it ends three times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's another planet. <laughs> yeah. There's another one. There's another ending. There's another ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the next one. Extended scene. Han versus Chewie. Thrown in the pit by Imperial soldiers to be fed, uh, to be fed to a rav, a ravenous beast. Han must fight for his life and come up with an escape plan. So, uh, this is when he meets Chewie for the first time and it looks like there's a lot more to the escape sequence than we've seen in the theatrical version. Let's take a listen. Listen, that guy's not even an officer, alright? He was lying. Okay. They threw him in the pit. Haven't fed him in three days. <laughs> Should be fun. Okay, so that, that sequence there I don't think is in the movie. The dialogue with the troopers. This is all still the same. Chewie coming out of the... Such a good idea. Such a good entry. Uh, entry. It was like a rank. Yeah. This is still in the movie. They're just wrestling around in the mud. Oh, that's not in the movie. Rips out a patch of Chewie's hair. This isn't in the movie. So he threw him so hard that he knocked him unconscious. 
It's Chewie standing over him, and Han wakes up, punches him in the face. Sucker punches Chewie. And the fight continues. Wrestling around in the mud again. This is all new to me. So Chan's, Hans grabbed his chain and wrapped it around Chewie's neck. Uh, and that's that's in the movie now. He gets hit against the pole, realizes there's a crack in it. Oh, this is new. It's like slowed down. Hey! You tired, you mangy kashiki and moof milker? <laughs> Oh, that's a bit different. Your father was a bantha. Mother was a rogue. There's no context for him telling Chewie that they can break out of there if he pretends to hit him against the pole. He's just taunting taunting Chewie to do it. Yeah. At the start. Yeah, at the start here, yeah. So that was chopped out. Yeah, I speak a little now. Just listen. So Han's telling Chewie he's got a plan to break out. And that part's in the movie again. And this is when Chewie starts hitting the pole to... That, that's all the same. Can't take it anymore. <laughs> that's a bit extended there. Should we grabbing Han and slamming him against the pool? But this is all new as well. They start to give up. Chewie has a little break. Yeah, he's got a bit of a breather. Hey, you! You giving up? Do it. And this is when Chewie's gonna charge him into the pole, I guess. A lot more build-up in this extended version, though. And there it goes. See what happens when you listen to me? Hey, what are you doing? Okay, what did you think of that? It was fine, but it was too long. <laughs> it is too long. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with the one in the movie. Yeah. So I don't I, think we needed to see the rest of it. But that, That's my thoughts, too. I don't think we... As fun as it is to watch them keep, you know, go the back and forth between Chewie and Han, it did just feel like it was dragging on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, thumbs down for me on this one, I guess. It's kind of cool to see the rest of it, though. Yeah, totally. 
All right, the next one and the final one is meet Dryden. After the failed Coaxium heist, Dryden Voss offers Han an exotic refreshment. So this is an extended sequence between Dryden Voss, Han, and Beckett on his ship when they first meet. Get some nice close-ups right away of the stuff in the office, which is pretty cool. He's got a lot of cool stuff in that office. He's like a real like fan what you see. in the universe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, don't be ashamed of your appetites, huh? It's good to be hungry. He's definitely that. Whip feet. Trust me, best thing you've ever tasted. Oh, I've actually had a love a good twip. <laughs> of course. Beckett, as your employer, you have put me in a terrible position. I know, Dryden, and I am sorry. You're sorry? As in you sympathize, you feel sorry for me? No. Oh, you're not sorry. No, I am. I'm I, confused. I, look, it, it, there were complications. There were factors that nobody... Emphasis Nest has been a constant irritation forever. It's one you should have anticipated. It's one you should have dealt with. Trust me, I know it was a mistake, but... When you hired me, you told me no one else... Test me! Test my patience one more time and see what happens. Okay, so some of that... I can see what they chopped out. All of that dialogue between... Uh, between Beckett and Dryden is the same, except they cut around the goofy sequences when Han is trying to eat his like weird looking alien chicken wing. Yeah. It's like a bug wing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's the right call. I think it was the right call. Yeah. Cause I think this is probably the, was the hardest part for the direction of this movie is how do you do a whole movie around solo who is honestly in the original trilogy he is often the comic relief but he's also a very serious character right and so you kind of need to straddle that line where he's serious but he gets himself in trouble and that's what's funny yeah yeah it can't be just weird goofy stuff exactly and i i feel like this movie maybe was too goofy even with what we got possibly but definitely a lot of the outtakes were on the too goofy side. Yeah, which I'm glad that they that they went that direction because uh, it definitely stiffened up the movie just a bit more and, yeah. and it made it a bit more Han-like. Yeah, because like the Han Solo to me is funny when he's serious, but he gets in that awkward situation. Like for example, yeah. when he, on the Death Star they're like chasing after the stormtroopers and the stormtroopers running away and they get around the corner and then there's a, there's a whole battalion. Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's Han, <gasps> yeah exactly that's Han Solo comedy or when he's trying to push the Ewoks back and that one Ewoks just like hugging his leg yeah like that kind of comedy where he's like uncomfortable as on this thing hugging his leg right that's right funny. right or or when Han's talking on the comm to to the troopers he's like ah uh, we just uh just a reactor leak around here nothing nothing to worry about. He's like, reactor? There's no reactor on that level. He's like, uh, you know what? And he just like shoots, shoots the console. He's like, yeah, pointless conversation anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. never like slapstick kind of like humor, right? Right. Yeah, that's that's more Jar Jar's area of expertise is exactly. the slapstick, right? Yeah. Like him, it, it would be a Jar Jar thing to, for him to pick up like a weird, goofy alien chicken wing thing and try and eat it. And yeah, you know, yeah, he's like slobbering totally all over the place. And everything. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So, I mean, in the movie, we already got Chewie's like milk mustache joke. And that was enough comedy for me for that whole sequence, right? Again, I do wonder how much of this was a... A director thing mm-hmm. because the original directors were the Lego movie guys. Yeah. 
So I'm wondering if a lot of that stuff that was very slapsticky humor was them and they just didn't cut all of it out. Right. Yeah, I I mean, uh, maybe it was just too expensive to do that much refilming that they... Uh that they decided not to go through and redo all the sequences, but just maybe chop away little bits and pieces where they could. Yeah. And honestly, I have no idea what's original and what's not. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but that last one, I think that was a good call chopping it. So yeah, I agreed. I think, yeah, it was too much. Well, that's, uh, that's solo. So we can, uh, we can just jettison right over into, uh, star Wars, uh, star Wars, the clone wars. It is the height of the Republic War, and we- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the classic narration by uh, Admiral Yularen. Right. Uh, man, it's so good to hear that theme song again, especially for any one of you guys who has been a while since you've seen Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I mean, this is just what kicks us off in every single episode of the show, and it really starts to grow on you after a while. Yeah, it's, it's, even just listening to the theme, it just takes you right back right away because you, you hear it at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. I know you've seen the whole series through probably five times. Oh, this point. oh, more yeah, more than five times. I think I'm yeah. three, maybe maybe four. Yeah. So that's a that's listening to this intro a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's uh, it's a great it's a great theme song, and and uh, I remember the first time I heard it. Uh, I mean, let's not forget. I mean, the Star Wars: The Clone Wars theatrical release was the first. Uh, if if you want to get technical the first anthology Star Wars movie released in theaters. I mean, it wasn't Rogue One. It was actually Star That's Wars true. The Clone Wars. Man, I have, I guess, like, a, the mo- not the most ideal history with this. Star this Wars movie. The Clone Wars? Yeah. I don't think, honestly, like, as much as we all love Star Wars The Clone Wars, the theatrical releases never sat well with too many people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's fine to not feel very good about, you know, uh, our first experience sitting because I remember when I saw it, uh, and uh, I walked out of the theater. And I'm like, that can't be it, and I didn't even know there was a show that right. was going to follow, right? But uh, I was like, that 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 was uh, Padawan. What <laughs> pa- Padawan Tana? What like, like? Yeah, I don't know. I was just I, I just maybe really unsure about things. I think yeah, that was probably a lot of people. Yeah, I recall I'm trying to figure out where I saw the trailer because I. When I first saw the trailer, I feel like it must have been on the tail of another movie. Like, they had the old VHSs and they would have, like, ads. Yeah. For other movies that are coming out soon by the same studio or whatever. I feel like it was on something like that, but maybe it was on television. Right. And, like, oh, cool, there's, like, a new Star Wars movie or whatever. So yeah. I went out and I bought it because it was a straight-to-DVD release. I was just so disappointed. <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> awful. Oh, so you guys didn't get in the theater where you were? No, I didn't. I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I, it may have come to theaters, but I don't even remember. I just remember watching it on DVD, and I, I bought it at like Walmart or something. Oh, okay, all right. It was and a big. It was a big theatrical release here. There was. Uh, there was you know a decent amount, like any other animated film. Okay. It was I just thought it was a, straight to DVD. Oh, interesting. I must be mistaken. But I uh, uh, well, I yeah, I guess uh, you know. Where you grew up, maybe that it was uh, just a bit too far for that news to reach. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Star Wars The Clone Wars, the animated movie, was uh, certainly not like the, the hype around the block back in the day. But um, Yeah, well, let me just say that after I watched it, putting the DVD back in the case and throwing the whole case in the bin... Would not have been out of the question. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, we get to take a look at the deleted content that uh, didn't make it in the movie, and uh, let's just see if it would have made the movie better. Now, oh. I know your memory's a bit rough on this one. One last point. I just want to hammer home that I disliked it so much that I put off watching the whole s- series. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people did. Yeah. And then I convinced you otherwise. <laughs> yeah, which was... Yeah. Years later. Eight years, years later. later? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, uh, I think it was actually like seven, seven-ish years later or six. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, yeah let's, let's take a look at the sequences that, that didn't make it into the movie. A lot of these are finished, uh, oddly enough. So the movie would have been a lot longer than just an hour and a half. Um, but uh, as Dave has said, what they did when they made the movie was they took a couple different uh, single uh, single episodes and almost stitched them together in a way that it would make a full movie. Right. Um, that's kind of how the movie's like being constructed. And on top of that, this movie chronologically takes place halfway into the first season. Yeah. It, 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 um, it, chronologically, it's, uh, it's the fourth thing on the list. Yeah. So uh, there's three Clone Wars episodes that precede the story in this movie. And then, uh, and then this movie happens. So classic George, not releasing stuff in not chronological really, order. Not releasing stuff in order, yeah. Uh, all right, so this is a 10, uh, 10 to 11 minute video on YouTube that literally just bunches all of them together. So I'm going to do my best to play and pause when something shows up as a new sequence. And uh, I'll do our, do our, we'll do our best here to describe uh, uh, what's going on. So let's start off with the first, uh, first scene here. And this looks like it's on uh, Christophysis. Anakin and Ahsoka hiding in their box as, as their tanks roll yeah. up. Quick. Move. Oh, I see. So they used a box to kind of get past the shield. And this looks like it's a whole sequence between them taking off that box because the tanks and uh, before the droidicas, I guess, show up because they they bump into one of those droidicas at some point. Stay until the shield passes over. The tanks will have a hard time maneuvering. Then we'll see what damage we can do. We'll do, sir. Okay, interesting. So that uh, that's the first one. Do you remember much about this movie? Do you do you know how this fits in? I haven't watched it in a really long time. That's so I know That's the, the basic premise of what's happening. And I know mm-hmm. like Jabba the Hutt's nephew or whatever. His son, yeah. Oh, it's his son's son. kidnapped, okay. yeah. Um, at the beginning of the movie, the, the Republic is trying to take back uh, Christophysis. And uh, Anakin meets Ahsoka for the first time. You know, Obi-Wan sends her on his way. Uh, says, you got a pad one now. You yeah. know, suck it up kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and so he's like, well, better keep up kind of thing. So to get past the shield generator, because they got to destroy the shield generator so that the clones can take out the tanks with the big heavy cannons and stuff like that. There's a, a sequence where they hide under a box so that the shield passes over them. The droids kind of just ignore the box that they walk past. And then the next thing we know is they're they're sliding the box towards a bunch of droidicas or something like that. And then they bump into one of them and that causes a, a, a action sequence with them fighting off some droidicas. 
Um, but this looks like they have a whole section where the tanks would have almost crushed them and they're, they got to whip off the box and avoid all the tanks and then they get mm. back under the box again. So I don't know. It, it's just like, for me, it's just like a, a an extra gag. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it, honestly, it's an extra gag that didn't need to be in the movie. So it's a thumbs down for me. Yeah, it seemed pretty unnecessary. All right, let's take a look at the next one here. This looks like it's on Teth in the monastery. Zombie Ventress. Ventress and the droids. This is one they're trying to get away with Rada. So looking forward to another encounter with you. I see you found yourself a pet. Careful. She bites. I'm no pet. Just give me the hut, Skywalker. I will finish you first, so you won't have to watch your silly youngling die. Okay, so R2 just activated a trap door and all the droids fell into the pit. Along with Ventress and Anakin and Ahsoka. Okay, I'm all for another lightsaber fight. But surrender now and save yourself the humiliation. I've learned much since we last met. Allow me to show you. So Ahsoka takes out the droids. Anakin's fighting Ventress. Prepare to join with the Force, Jedi. Alright, now Ahsoka's joined the battle. That's a slow mo shot that we didn't get in the movie. Easy for you to say. Okay, so Ahsoka just released a giant creature of some kind. An alligator creature. Yeah. An alligator rancor. Yeah. So Ventress and Anakin are fighting on top of the back of this giant rancorous creature. And uh, Soka's just a bystander. And now the droids are shooting at them from the rooftops of the cavern. And Soka saves the day. Stabs her lightsaber into the beast and it Wiggles off Ventures and Anakin onto the floor again. This is a long sequence. This is. Okay, Ahsoka stabbed the beast and it toppled on top of Ventress. Let me take the slug for a while. 
careful, Master. He's not feeling well. He'll be fine. The hot lit just vomit projectile vomited over Anakin's shoulder. Okay, Ventress gets up. And this leads into the landing platform sequence where uh, Anakin and Ahsoka have to hop onto those bug things and fly away to the platform where they jack the twilight. Mm. Uh, and that's where Ventress comes around the corner and tries to slice open the wall. And she so, so they skip this, the entire fight. They skipped this entire thing. Uh, and they went from... So the, when, when the sequence launched, it was Ventress and the droids found Anakin and Ahsoka right after their little heart-to-heart -heart sequence. Yeah. Uh, when... Uh, um, she's unsure about her place as a Jedi. And uh, it, there's a whole fight thing that takes place right there, which is what we saw. And then that leads into the sequence where they have to hop off the edge, ride those dragonfly creatures to the platform where they steal the Twilight. And in that process, Ventress and two droids or whatever, um, find them, cut a hole open in the door that they've sealed off, and they barely make their escape kind of thing. And Right. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, um, that, that that just makes the movie longer. And I'm all for another lightsaber fight, but again, like you say, like this is the first thing that the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, did, and honestly, it's pretty jank. Like you, you look at the animation <laughs> and like the lighting and everything is nowhere near the quality that season seven had. No, so it's, it's not, a little rougher to watch. And I admit, I'm trying to remember if this is the finished quality of the whole first season. It is. Yeah, is the same. Is yeah. it the lip sync that? This yeah. This bad? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. It was yeah. a long time ago. This is 2008? This is 2008, yeah. Yeah. Which means they started making it. And I think they did... They, the pre-production started in 2005. Like, shortly... years ago. Yeah, shortly after Revenge of the Sith. That's when Dave Filoni got brought on to do okay. uh, the pre-production for the, for the film. But, um, okay, just from a story point of view, like, do you think this should have been in the movie? I don't think it adds anything. It's really just an extra fight sequence. Yeah. Uh, I could see why it, it was originally in there, because I feel like Star Wars movies always have a monster sequence. Yeah. And I don't think there's another monster sequence in this in the film. Mm, I don't believe so, no. So that's probably why it was there. Yeah, and it is a cool-looking creature. Uh, I don't really know why it's there, though. Like, the like I, I'm, I'm sure they can survive a very long time without food and water and stuff. But uh, when they first get to the monastery, it's supposed to be this abandoned place. Yeah. So I'm just a little weirded out at the fact that this thing is still alive, like in the basement. Like, like a sewer gator next to a castle, maybe? I mean, he like the, Ahsoka hit the button and opened the door to this giant thing to walk out. So it's just kind of like, well... It's like this trying to be a rancor, but it's... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, really. And they were in like a hallway. Yeah. Like, it was it, kind of like... They were in a hallway, a hallway with a random trap door. Yeah. That R2 unleashes to, so that they can get out of the hallway, I guess, so that there's more space to fight. And then there happens to be this big creature that's just alive down there. So, I don't know. It, it, the whole thing is just kind of like, meh. Like, yeah. I, I, I can go with it. It's that. unnecessary. Yeah, unnecessary. Though, it did make me think uh, to ask you a really important question. If you uh, were hanging out with Ashley Eckstein, would you let her call you stinky? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. I think I'd let her call me stinky the whole time. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I would let her do that much. Uh, if it's endearing, I don't know. And Maybe. not because I haven't showered. <laughs> <laughs>
That, I would love to see that. I would, lo- I would love to see that take place. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you're listening, feel free to leave a message hey, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, refer to me yeah. as Stinky. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Ashley, leave, leave us a voicemail and uh, refer to Blake as, as Stinky. That's right. Stinky Blake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's look at the next one here. Skywalker to air support. Mark my position. I need a medical ship immediately. Acknowledge, General. I'm on my way. Okay. So this is around the same sequence that we just watched. That wasn't so difficult. Not out of this yet. Oh, so they're on the landing. Oh, so this picks up right after. They're on the landing platform they escaped to. The lat gunship comes in. Ah, and a vulture droid shoots it down. Is that what happens? So none of this was in the movie. Now they're being attacked by a vulture droid. This is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat, actually. Okay, a vulture droid lands on the platform. Now it's attacking them in, in land position. Yeah. Which we don't see very often. No, we really don't. Unintended. She's like hanging off the edge of the cliff. This music. Yeah. All right, Obi Wan leading the leading the reinforcements. Okay, that's that scene right there is in the movie. Okay, so Anakin and Ahsoka chop off the legs of the vulture droid, and they... Anakin stabs in the head. Yeah. And it goes tumbling off the edge. Good distraction, Snips. Let me guess, you meant to do that. Distraction? I cut his wing off. I mortally wounded him. I don't know what you were doing. Give R2 a hand. I'll see if we can get some backup. Okay, and then it transitions to Jabba's castle. Glorious Jabba is losing patience, Count Dooku. He demands an update on his son's kidnapping. I can assure you, Jabba, my droid armies are on the verge of defeating the Jedi Skywalker and rescuing your precious heir. Perhaps while we wait, we can negotiate the treaty between your hut clans and my separatists. Most wise Jabba will not discuss any treaty until his son has been returned alive. As you wish, my lord. The Jedi warships have arrived. Alright, transition you back to Teth. And this this scene is in the movie still. Nice, mean man, uh, sir. Launch out fighters. <laughs> 
All right, and then we see the vulture droids launch off and take care of Obi-Wan and the reinforcements coming in for a landing. And this all is in the movie. All of this is in the movie. Anakin trying to get a hold of Rex. Um, it's basically, an, again, it's like feeding off the last deleted sequence that we watched. It's kind of extending the whole length of the film a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I, I don't think, as cool as the Vulture Droid sequences, I don't think it needed to be in the movie. It's just another action sequence. Agreed. But I think it was cool. So it is cool. I'd say put it in. Yeah? Okay. All right. Sure. Because... <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's ever another circumstance where we ever fight a Vulture droid that's not in space. Yeah, there is. Uh, it's in season one in, uh, in I think it's in the episode when R2 is fighting his evil counterpart that's like Goldie. The yeah. one who's like, uh, the one when R2-D2 gets lost and Goldie is Grievous's like, like battle droid programmed R2 unit that steps in as Anakin's replacement. Mm -hmm. And he's like a he's like a traitor or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a mole. <laughs> yeah, he's a mole. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a small sequence in there I think when they 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 have to take care of some vulture droids in landing position. But uh, it is it is kind of a cool uh, droid to see fighting in that stance because it just makes it realize like how uh, versatile these things are. You know, like they can fight in space, they can fly, they can yeah, they're... land. They're big and you know they can knock things over yeah, and, and they walk around stuff. and they, you like probably like carry stuff yeah yeah exactly the voltage road is pretty sweet um so you know that that is kind of a cool part of the sequence for sure yeah um, i didn't know that they went like when phantom menace came out i didn't realize they could do that until yeah. i saw the lego yeah yeah and the, the lego kind of advertised it in the sense that you could do that I yeah guess, right? and then later viewings you see it at the beginning of phantom menace when the republic ship lands but that Right. Then you don't really see it again until Revenge of the Sith on Green That's right. Ship. Right, exactly. Yeah, so uh, that's a great point. Um, yeah, cool droids. Cool droids. I like the design. The Vulture droid is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, uh, it looks like we may have like one or two more here. Let's take a look at the next one. We'll never outrun those droids. This is after they've stolen the Twilight. Right after they escape Teth. This follows the last two sequences that we just watched. Okay. So it's all from this sequence. Yeah, it was all above Teth that it looks like they chopped yeah. out. Oh, this is your favorite ship. Yeah. Losing this ought to lighten us up. Alright, so Ahsoka's walked into the back of the Twilight and found a whole bunch of cargo back there. And it looks like they're gonna... The cargo doors are open! Looks like they're gonna drop the cargo to lighten up the, the, the ship so they can help escape the system. Oh, she not see that coming. And uh, she almost flies out the cargo bay doors herself. Alright, the, the cargo is knocking out the pursuing vulture droids. That's better. That obnoxious screaming is the son of Jabba. Bucket, you're 
my favorite ship ever. So Cthulhu lightsaber at the door button to close the door. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Again, that jank animation style, right? It improved a lot when they hit season two and three. Yeah, the long way. The cargo door control is right under your nose. We're clear to make the jump to hyperspace. R2, program the Navi computer. Alright, so yeah, that's the last one. And that's when they uh, escape Teth and make their way to uh, Tatooine. So, uh, what do you think of that sequence? No, it seems like everything they cut was all just action sequences. Yeah. That don't really change what happens in the story at all. Right. Um, I'm, I'm pretty indifferent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun. It's fun, yeah. I like the gag at the end that Anakin kind of gets a one-up on Ahsoka where she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she's so headstrong that she, you know, she thinks she does. Yeah. We need yeah. more of that in the sequels, I think. Right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's that sums it up. I mean, there, there is so much more anthology stuff out there. I mean, there's, there's uh, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba, uh, Kenobi, we got uh, Ahsoka and Andor right around the corner. There's, of course, the whole Star Wars Rebels, Resistance, and the Clone Wars uh, show. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's deleted scenes for those somewhere. It's just we can't find those necessarily on Disney. We're lucky to find the Clone Wars theatrical release on YouTube yeah. for deleted scenes. But, um, you know, as it stands, uh, you know, going over that stuff is just, uh, you know, there, there's almost so much of it that uh, we, we covered all the theatrical deleted scene stuff uh, as far as Except for I'm Rogue concerned. One. Except for Rogue One, yeah. Which they, uh, I'm sure there is Rogue One stuff. They just don't want to publicly make it available. So, uh, <laughs> if anyone knows where to find Rogue One deleted scenes material, please send it in. Send us a link at uh, our email address, swskpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to all of you guys joining us in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod, which uh, should be our teaser trailer. Look, a look back at Star Wars teaser trailers and the hype that they've delivered over the years. That's going to be a really, really fun episode. I've got a lot of stuff planned for that one. So uh, thank you, Blake. Any last words you want to bring up? No, just uh, it was cool going through all these outtakes and just seeing how they all would have lined up in the film and see why a good number of them were cut. Uh, but yeah, it's always a, a nice little window in looking into the editorial process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's, it definitely gives us a good window at that. And uh, Disney, please keep keep putting them out. Don't hide them. Yeah, don't hide the these scenes. We like looking at that stuff. So you know, if anyone from Disney is listening, you know what to do. <laughs> Find that suggestion box. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll catch you in the next one. That's good, man. Keep flying. All right, and to thank you, a big thank you for uh, for Blake for coming back on, as always, and uh, all of you listening at home, sharing the show and leaving those reviews, those five-star reviews. Uh, we absolutely love to see our audience get larger and uh, new people joining the audience for Star Wars Escape Pod. So be sure to keep sharing the show with your friend. And uh, again, shoot us an email, swscapepod at gmail.com. Uh, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us. we got our Twitter and Instagram at swscapepodcast. Lots of links in the description of every single podcast episode to take a look at. And feel free to join the Discord and leave us a voicemail at our SpeakPipe address listed again in the description of this podcast episode. We will catch you in the next one. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>